everything's up to date in Kansas City. They've gone about as far as they can go. Archiver, the A's in Kansas City, is made possible with a grant from the Missouri Humanities Council and is a member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. They've gone about as far as they can go. Yes, sir! They've gone about as far as they can go. Well, Kansas City was way fur past seven-story buildings and a burlesque theater by 1955. The year the musical Oklahoma, where that tune comes from, was turned into a movie. And the year the A's opened a brief but important 13-year run in the city. Those 13 years bounced around from joyous to tumultuous to downright silly at times. But there's no doubt the A's moving to KC from Philadelphia changed the city's image from a cow town to a metropolis. The fits and starts of the negotiations in Philadelphia that finally landed the A's in Kansas City were reported in the newspapers in both cities. People knew about the infighting of the Mack family who owned the team, and there were hints of Yankee tampering, but nobody knew how deep the Yanks had their claws in the club. Still, KC was in love with its new big league team. Well, we had a, had a big parade, had a big crowd, drew a big crowd. It was a very exciting time for us to get a major league team, and it, it helped get the Chiefs. It helped get uh, the Scouts, which became the hockey team. And so we got a basketball team. So we became a major league city with four different professional franchises. So that was the beginning. And actually, it all resulted in the fact that we supported the team. The podcast is Archiver, The A's in Kansas City, Episode 2, A Cowtown No More, Me. I'm your host, Sam Zeff. Oh, that's about as far as I can go. Yes, sir. That's about as far as you can go. So, to be honest, Cowtown wasn't the only nickname for KC before the A's moved 1,500 miles west, the first major league team to really jump the Mississippi. It was a town known for political bossism with a Pendergast machine, a mafia town with a growing and influential Savella family, a wide-open city that was a playground for bank robbers on holiday, and gave the country the Union Station Massacre. But its image was anything but metropolitan. That all changed when the A's flew into town to open the 1955 season. And when they did come into Kansas City, they were flying into the downtown airport. They seen so many people celebrating that they made the, the plane circle the city several times just to see how excited the fans were in Kansas City for them to be here. And it lifted the spirits of the players. That's Jeff Logan, president of the Kansas City Baseball Historical Society. And when you want to talk A's, he's the man you go to. We'll talk with him a bit more, but first, what did the players think of the move from Philadelphia to Kansas City? Well, I think the overall attitude was great. That's Gus Zerniel, a power hitter who made the transition from Philadelphia to Kansas City. He spent three years in KC, leading the team in homers two of those years. The players wanted to move out of Philadelphia because, you know, you're playing before small crowds and uh, most of them were booing and, uh, uh, you know, and no matter what kind of a year you had, they, but there was a lot of reasons for that because it wasn't that we had that bad a ball club, even though we lost 103 games. Uh, we had good athletes. We just couldn't win. And I don't think we had a winning attitude. And that attitude changed greatly when we got to Kansas City. I should mention here that these A's interviews were shot many years ago for a documentary that has yet to be finished. So some of the folks you'll hear in the series have died. Zerniel is one. He died in 2011 
at age 87. Clearly, Kansas City had a long history with baseball. The Monarchs, of course, were the Yankees of the Negro Leagues, and professional baseball in KC stretched back to the 1880s. But for fan Paul Blackman, sports just felt different once the A's were in town. I think I've always been interested since six years old in the A's. They were Kansas City's only pro sports team from the time I was six years old until the Chiefs came. So that was an early memory. It was something exciting to the city. I can still remember the parade when the team first came to town and then, of course, opening day in April 1955. I can remember one of my first times at the stadium a Saturday afternoon sitting up in the upper deck on a cold April day, and the White Sox uh, scored about 29 runs. But they were our team. It was exciting. And, and uh, so that got me hooked. Going to A's games was something that our family did, my sister, my parents. So it was, um, it was a family love affair and interest. And there were some years when uh, we'd go 30 or 40 times to a game. And um, didn't see a lot of winners, but it was just always a lot of fun. And, and again, I think because the A's were, were the only game in town, so to speak, I think that was a special, special interest in the A's. Um, of course, they left about the time I graduated high school. We had the year when we didn't have baseball, and the Royals came, and I'm a big Royals fan now. But there's always been a special place in my heart for the A's because they were the, the team of my childhood. It was the team of my childhood, too. My first big league game was at Municipal Stadium at 22nd in Brooklyn. It's funny what you remember. I remember parking on someone's lawn, and that was odd. It was the first time I tasted spicy mustard on my hot dog. And I remember thinking 50 cents was a lot for a beer. So while the Yankees and A's owner Arnold Johnson were scheming to get the team out of Philadelphia, lots of people in Kansas City were, indeed, working hard to lure them here. The city sold bonds to add an upper deck to the ballpark. This turned out to be part of the caper by the Yankees to get the A's to Kansas City. The massive project was awarded to the construction company controlled by Yankee owner Del Webb. Part of the collusion between the two teams we'll cover in a future episode. Kansas City promised to put a million people in the stands, so backers had to sell a lot of season tickets. My dad knew nothing about sports, but he was a downtown business owner and as such felt obligated to buy four box seats in the front row, right behind the home team dugout. Carl barely knew the difference between a home run and a hot dog, but he could pick out seats. And because he and so many others on both sides of state line bought season tickets, the city would, almost overnight, change its image and change big league baseball's footprint in America. Here's Jeff Logan again. That was a big deal for Kansas City to get a, a real professional, you know, team. And the celebration was large. You know, the parades, the people at the airports when they came in. And it, it was, a, it was a, an amazing deal, which paved the way for every sport in Kansas City. Without the A's, there's clearly no Royals, probably no Chiefs. No Chiefs no, at all. Right. No Kansas City, Omaha, Kings. They really— There's nothing. Right. Well, and actually— how that worked is when Arnold Johnson brought the A's to Kansas City in 1954, late 54 for the 55 season, they drew over a million people. And, uh, of course, the Giants and the Dodgers said, well, good golly, 
if you can have baseball in Kansas City, we can have baseball in California. So really that led to the expansion of baseball throughout the country into California. So it, it was a, a massive, you know, this was such a big deal when, when the Kansas City A's came to Kansas City. So big that some think the coming of the A's was as big an economic boon to Kansas City as the building of the Hannibal Railroad Bridge across the Missouri in 1889, the first permanent rail crossing of the river. Of course, sports fans would suggest that if all the A's did was open the door for the Chiefs, that would have been enough. Now, when the A's came to Kansas City, baseball was as racially divided as the city's neighborhood. The color barrier for major leagues had only been broken nine years earlier by Jackie Robinson in Brooklyn. Hell, when the A's played their first game in Kansas City in 1955, the Tigers, Phillies, and Red Sox were still all white. But the A's would quietly lead the way in integrating the game. It's on to Washington now, as the nation's capital plays host to the glamour game of each baseball season. It's the annual All-Star Contest between the top players of each league, and the greats of the game are out of numbers. Representing Kansas City, your stars Suitcase Simpson and Vic Power. Suitcase Simpson and Vic Power led the way for black players not only in Kansas City, but in the American League. That's in our next episode of Archiver, The A's in Kansas City. The podcast is produced by Matt Hodap in the studios of KCUR 89.3 in Kansas City and made possible by a grant from the Missouri Humanities Council. Archiver, The A's in Kansas City, is produced with Do Good Productions, where Nancy Seelan is executive producer, and with the Center for Midwestern Studies at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, where Diane Moody Burke is director. Visit our website, fountaincityfrequency.com, for some really cool pics. I'm Sam Zeff, and I'll see you on the next Archiver. <laughs>